Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Hey, Tribe. It's good to have you back here in episode 26 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Now, today we're going to do things a little bit differently than normal. So what we have for you today is a keynote presentation that Casey and I were fortunate to do over the summer. So we were in Springdale, Arkansas, and we got a chance to do a joint keynote where we got to talk to people together on the same stage which is something that Casey and I have never really gotten to do. We've done some a little bit of presenting together, but never an actual keynote like this. And so we were able to grab the audio from it. And so that's what we've got for you today. We want to share with you this keynote presentation that we got to do that's called Find Your Tribe. And if that sounds sort of familiar to you, there's a good reason for that, is that you guys are a big part of Casey and I's story and we also talked a little bit about finding our own tribes. You know, Casey through Shake Up Learning and me through Ditch That Textbook. And then we also talked about kind of like the power of connections. Why being connected to other educators and connected to the world is so important in today's world and why it's so important to get that connection for the classroom. So anyway, we were, we were really happy about the way that it turned out and we're just excited to get to do this. And so we wanted to share it with you. So this episode is going to be a little bit longer than most of the ones you're used to. So if you're used to listening to this during your commute, then maybe you got to stop it halfway through and then listen to it on, on another trip. But hopefully this will be worth it to you. Uh, I know that it was a message that was important for Casey and I to share. And so we hope that you really love it. So without further ado, here is our keynote in Springdale, Arkansas called Find Your Tribe. Together, these two host the Google Teacher Tribe podcast which just finished its first season this past Monday. She's from Shake Up Learning, and he's the author of Ditch That Textbook. Welcome to the stage, Casey Bell and Matt Miller! Yeah! Thanks, guys! Thank you. Good job, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 
Wow, I love getting a warm-up. How That's about right. That? Of all the places we present, we never get anything like that. That was like completely a treat for us. That's cool. Absolutely. All right. Y'all ready to get started? All right. Nice. All right, so he was asking you guys if you were excited. I want to know, and a couple of you might know what I'm talking about here. Are you like super excited? Yeah, yeah, because see, when Casey and I, when we very first uh, started recording this podcast that we do, we do this podcast called the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, and when we started doing it, the very first episode, it was funny because we listened to it afterwards and we realized that there was this phrase that we were just addicted to, and we said it, we counted it, it was like 20 times in this episode we said it, and so... That's why I've got to ask you if you guys are super excited. So let me ask you one more time. Are you super excited to be here? Yeah. All right. Nice. All right. Very good. Yes, we are super excited to be here. Um, We actually had someone on Twitter who essentially was making fun of us, but uh, (laughs) gave us this graphic to help us find alternatives to super excited. Because we were saying it so often, um, and now it's just become a thing. So when we say super excited, it's now actually a thing. It became hashtag super excited. So um, for those of you who have been following along, we've had a lot of fun. I'm thinking I almost need to have like crib notes. And I'll be like, I am hugely charmed (laughs) to be here. Yeah, Very good. Awesome. Okay, so we have a video to kick things off. We are talking about... Finding your tribe. So think about that concept as we watch this. Hopefully. There we go. It's muted. Now, yeah, there is no sound. Um, This guy is referred to as the lone nut. What do you think? Amen, I heard it. <laughs> any, any of you feel like a lone nut in your school? Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so watch. He has a friend. He's, he's no longer a nut by himself. Right. He's forming, he's forming a partnership. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are there more coming? I think you don't feel as coming. much like a lone nut when there are like multiple, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier to, uh, to make a fool of yourself when you're doing it in a group. <laughs> P.S. This would never be Casey and I if we went to something like this. Mm. Yeah. That might be an idea. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as they, as they continue to do this, oh, all there of a we sudden... Go. We got a group. Yeah. It is full on. Watch this. Yeah. Okay, that is fully embracing the, the dance life here. Right. Dance like nobody is watching has a whole new meaning, right? Right, right. Exactly. Okay. You can only imagine what these people around them are, are thinking. Oh, and look, now we got a whole group. I think we've hit an inflection point at this point. We've got, we've got a whole group of people. Have you noticed that one lone nut dancing doesn't look so good, but like a whole group of nuts dancing? That's like a whole different thing. So That's I want to know how many of you would be dancing with him? Anybody? Anybody <laughs> nice. admit that they would, they, would, they would join the group? They would join possibly a tribe here? Check that out. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, and I realize that the, the quality of this video is, is a little yeah. lacking, but I think you get the point. Yeah. We had the lone nut, and then we had the first follower, right? right? 
So what do we have when we have a tribe? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Right, because we do. We start with the, the lone nut, and a lot of times you kind of feel like you're an outlier. If there's a movement to be started, if there's change that needs to be made, it all starts with one person, right? But then as you start to get that first follower, which is an important step, and then you continue to get other followers, then the dynamic sort of changes. And this is really sort of until... Until it becomes a movement. Until you have a wild <laughs> and crazy dance party with all of these people who don't have their shirts on. Now some of them do, I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, so that's very much at the heart of what it is that, that we want to talk about here is the importance of a tribe. And I know for me as a teacher, there was a lot of times when I felt like the lone wolf. You guys know how that feels? Can you, can you sympathize with that? And so we want to talk a little bit about this just because of how important it is and how really it has changed our lives as educators. I think that joining a tribe for me saved my teaching career at one point. And so to kind of get this started, what is, we want to just kind of lay the framework here. What is a tribe? What, what is it that, that really makes them up? If they're so powerful, what, what is it that, that actually comprises them. And so you've got a loyal group of people. They've got to be, you know, dedicated to a cause. They're committed to the same ideas. So you can't have a bunch of people who have all of these, you know, completely differing viewpoints. You can have a group of people like that, but it's not a tribe. They're passionate. So you don't have ho-hum, average, yeah, that's okay, kind of people in a tribe. You've got to be passionate. And then the last one, is that they're better together and than they would be by themselves. And so I started thinking about this, this idea, and I, I started thinking, okay, because you know sometimes in like the graphic organizers we do with students, like the Freyer model, we want the examples and the non-examples. Anybody else like a Freyer geek like me that, okay, maybe <laughs> there's a couple of you out there. And so I started thinking about what are some non-examples of this, and I thought, Diet Pepsi drinkers. Or Diet Coke drinkers. And you know who you are, right? And you know that if you're in one, one team, you're not in the other team probably. Right? And so I'm looking at that. Loyal. They're loyal to their product. They're committed to the same ideas. They're passionate. But do Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi drinkers band together and become better together? Mm, maybe not. So what's an example of one that is? Well, how about Greenpeace? You know, they are a very loyal group. They're committed to the same ideas, and they are definitely passionate. And then when they all band together, they can really affect change. So it's interesting to see how those, how those dynamics kind of change between you know, what, what is actually a tribe and what isn't. Right, and so as you think about these ideas, the video that we just watched, the lone nut and the followers, do they fit this, right? Were they a loyal group? We don't really know that, right? They were loyal in the moment. In the moment, uh, yeah. They seem to be committed to the same idea of dancing like nobody is watching in the moment, right? They were definitely passionate, though, and they were better together. And so the way that we can connect now and the way that we can talk to people and meet people from all over the globe and bring these ideas together has really redefined what a tribe can look like. So what I want to ask you is, is your school a tribe? Do you meet these criteria? Are you all working towards the same goals? Or do you feel like you're maybe a tribe within your classroom? 
is your classroom. Are you leading the tribe in your classroom? Yeah. So this whole idea actually came from Seth Godin, who wrote the book, Tribes, we need you to lead us. And that's really what we're talking about, right? Even with the lone nut, he became a leader that day, whether he intended to or not, or even if he even noticed, right? So a tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. Exactly. So we have a quick clip of Seth sort of elaborating on this, and he's just, he's just a fabulous writer and speaker. Bear with me with my extended desktop here. It's about leading and connecting people and ideas, and it's something that people have wanted forever. Lots of people are used to having a spiritual tribe or a church tribe, having a work tribe, having a community tribe, But now, thanks to the internet, thanks to the explosion of mass media, thanks to a lot of other things that are bubbling through our society around the world, tribes are everywhere. The internet was supposed to homogenize everyone by connecting us all. Instead, what it's allowed is silos of interest. So you got the red hat ladies over here, you got the red hat triathletes over there. You got the organized armies over here, you got the disorganized rebels over here. You got people in white hats making food and people in white hats sailing boats. The point is that you can find Ukrainian folk dancers and connect with them because you want to be connected. That people on the fringes can find each other, connect, and go somewhere. Every town that has a volunteer fire department understands this way of thinking. (laughs) Now, it turns out this is a legitimate non-photoshopped photo. People I know who are firemen told me that this is not uncommon and that what firemen do to train sometimes is they take a house that's going to be torn down and they burn it down instead and practice putting it out, but they always stop and take a picture. So, you know, the pirate tribe is a fascinating one. They got their own flag, they got the eye patches. You can tell when you're running into someone in a tribe. And it turns out that it's tribes, not money, not factories, that can change our world, that can change politics, that can align large numbers of people. Not because you force them to do something against their will, but because they wanted to connect. That what we do for a living now, all of us, I think, is find something worth changing and then assemble tribes, that assemble tribes, that spread the idea and spread the idea and it becomes something far bigger than ourselves. It becomes a movement. So, when Al Gore set out to change the... Yeah, I I think you get the the idea there. One of my... One of the things he, he was talking about, he, you know, he kept saying that these tribes are easier than ever to assemble, and he listed a whole bunch of examples of them. And of course, I think when he said the power of tribes can change all of these areas, I think he very easily could have added education, and he could have added the climate and the culture of our schools and our classrooms. And I love that last visual that he showed of kind of like the mind map, you know, and there was one center part, and then it all branched out. And then one part, one branch, branched out into another tribe, and another one branched out into another tribe. And it's so interesting to see how they're, they're kind of all layered together. So if you're pulling a tribe together, or if you want to figure out if you're actually part of one, there's a couple of essential questions. Like who makes up your tribe? Who are the people that, that form it? Who's your leader? And like Seth Godin says, a tribe isn't a tribe without a leader. 
And sometimes if you're part of a group and you don't think that there's a leader, guess what? It's probably you. It's, it's probably you. I was going to say there is a leader. And like Casey says, it's probably you. That's right. And then what does it stand for? Think about your school tribes. Think about your classroom tribes. And so many of us probably in here feel like we have professional learning tribes, right? And we're all standing for, in general, we're standing for good, solid education that's going to prepare kids for the real world. But then we've even got our little sub-tribes within that. And then within a school, we've got the same thing. We've got teachers that are aligned under the same ideas of how teaching should be done. And, of course, we know that kids have tribes all over the place, right? And have you ever tried to, if you ever tried to map it out, like that, that mind map that we had up there where you kind of layer them all together? Isn't it fascinating to see how certain kids are parts of certain tribes and kind of come in and go? And that's always just fascinating to me. So that's all over our kids, too. And then where and how do they meet? And the meeting place, of course, doesn't have to be a physical place. It can be online. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And, of course, depending on the kind of meeting, it might look like that icon or it might look a little more like that <laughs> icon, you know. There's all sorts of different tribes. So, so yeah, those are, those are some of the essential questions that, that you get into when you're talking about tribes, I think. So think about the idea. Are you already a member of some tribes? Maybe. Maybe some of you are a member of the Shake Up Learning tribe. So I want to tell you a story because I didn't mean to create a tribe. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. In fact, this is how I started. Before I decided to become a blogger, I really didn't think my voice mattered. I didn't think I had anything original to share. I didn't think anybody would ever want to hear me speak on a stage. Why? Why, What could I offer that would be different from anyone else? And I would encourage teachers to blog not only for themselves, for reflection, but with their kids, right? But I wasn't an example for them to follow. And so I really had to move forward because I was a perfectionist with paralysis. I wanted to create a blog, but I didn't want anybody to see it until it was perfect, right? I wanted the perfect... Anybody else doing this right now, right? (laughs) I hear the same story over and over again that, Oh, you know, I had to find the right name. I had, well, do I use WordPress? What do I do? And it was, it was a tough decision. Um, but instead, I decided to focus on something else that I talk about daily. Hopefully this thing's not, there we go, risk-taking. So here I am as an instructional leader doing trainings for teachers, telling them, oh, you should be blogging. You should be doing all of these things. Oh, and take risks. But I wasn't an example, and so I really decided I needed to suck it up, and I needed to be an example. So whenever I presented, I wanted to be able to say, hey, I'm doing it. You can do it, too. And so that's when I went all in. I went completely in, and I learned something very, very important. So, like, the first time that I made a mistake on my blog, and somebody pointed it out, of course, right? And I'm talking minor. (laughs) Like a comma, forgot a period, something like that. Shame on you. For I that. was like, I worried about it for days. Like, oh, the world is pointing their finger at me. And that really was not true. That was me. That was in my head. Um, the educator tribe is very caring and supportive. So yeah. that was something that was very unexpected. Other bloggers like Matt mm-hmm. reaching right. out and being supportive. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, I like what you're doing. I like your, your voice. And so I learned that 
educators have a lot to offer in terms of support and grace and helping us all learn better together. So what happened was people started leaving comments. People started following me on Twitter, asking me questions, asking me to share other ideas and and to, to come talk. And I was creating a tribe and didn't know it, actually. I was a member of many tribes and a personal learning network, and Matt and I were, were sharing things together, but I didn't realize that I was actually creating a tribe. So that's why I call it the incidental <laughs> tribe here. But what I learned along the way was that my authentic voice does actually matter. And I don't say that to be conceited, but I can tell you right now, I would not be standing on this stage if I had not taken the risk and put myself out there to connect and to build a tribe and connect with other tribes that are out there. And so I'm pointing the finger back at you, right? What do you need to do to push yourself forward? What risks do you need to take to push not only yourself, but push your students? And there are many happy incidents that happen like a tribe and like being able to connect with all of you. So... Um, Your voice is very crucial to this point, too. So in terms of connecting with your tribe, and we're going to talk about some ways to do that, but your voice has a lot to do with that, what you're passionate about, how you want to connect, and your students' voices matter, too. So keeping this in mind, everything that we've said can also apply to the classroom. Yeah, definitely. So I want to encourage you all to find your voice. What is it that you're passionate about? What are your God-given talents, right? I I gave you my blogging story, which is the incidental tribe of Shake Up Learning. And yes, sometimes I am called Shake. I don't know if anybody knew that. (laughs) I haven't been introduced as Shake. But um, I want you to, to think about the ways that you can find and share your unique voice and the voices of all of your students in your classroom. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's and there's there's a lot of similarities I've found with with my own finding my own tribe. Um, my, mine will show you kind of a, a different direction with all this. So my I guess you could call it my ditch that textbook tribe was a tribe of one. I was the lone nut for a while. I know shocking, right? But um, so yeah, I I started out in my own classroom. I actually wasn't in education when I got out of college. I was a journalism major and decided after a long career of three months in professional journalism that it wasn't for me. So I went back to college and got, uh, started, started to get my uh, teaching license. But less than a year after I left professional journalism, I had my first class of students. Less than a year. I didn't have a license. I was on an emergency teaching permit. And so I get into this classroom, and I'm doing my best, but I am really floundering. I mean, I didn't even have a traditional student teaching experience because I was doing student teaching in my own room, you know, by myself. Yeah, can you imagine that, right? And so I very much felt like I was out on an island in a little teeny tiny school district. I was the entire world languages department in that school district, just me. It did make department meetings really easy, though. (laughs) And so I got deep into this for a few years and had no tribe. And I really did feel by myself, feel totally all alone. And I got to the point where I was seriously ready to leave education. I mean, I was a swim coach at that point, and I was going, do I like coaching swimming better or do I like teaching better? And I'm going, wait a second. 
I'm trying to weigh out, do I like my extracurriculars better than my actual job? You know, that's, that's where I was. That, I mean, just, just being real. And so then I went to a teaching conference, very much like this one, that had a, a Twitter hashtag where people could share their ideas. And that's when I first started to see this band of teachers coming together in one digital space. And I started to realize, hey, at this conference... I'm not really all by myself, you know? We're sharing all these ideas on this, on this hashtag. And then I started to realize, wow, it's not just for this conference, it's all over the place. And all of a sudden, you know, I felt like I had been out in the desert just searching for water, you know? And now here it was. Here's a little bottle of water at this conference. But then I turn around and I start to see how much is being shared and how easy it is to connect to other people. And now, all of a sudden, you know, I've got a whole ocean of water out in front of me. And so I slowly started to change some things in my classroom. And it wasn't so much of a drag like it was before because I had new ideas and I had people to bounce things off of. And so I was kind of like um, what the Edutech guys were saying when, we, when he was up here earlier, is that I just picked one thing and started small. And I love the way that Vicki Davis puts it. She was one of the first education bloggers that I started reading. And if you get a chance to see her stuff, she's at Cool Cat Teacher, coolcatteacher.com. And she says she wants to innovate like a turtle. And I felt like I could innovate like a turtle. I thought I could do that, you know. So I just implement one little thing after another, and then things finally started to make sense. And as a Spanish teacher, I started to realize that marching through the textbook chapter by chapter was not giving my students really what they needed. So I just started innovating slowly to the point that I ditched my textbooks. And I felt like I had been helped so much by so many people that now it was my turn. And I was excited to be able to share with other people. And so I did very much what Casey did. I started sharing ideas on my blog And like what happened with her, some people started seeing it, and they started sharing those posts, and all of a sudden, I had an incidental tribe too, you know? I started, and that's that's the interesting thing about what we learn about tribes, is that sometimes the leaders are pulled into it, and they don't expect to be the leaders. And so you may end up being one of those leaders, because you're willing to take a step a little bit at a time. If you feel like, you know, if you feel like you need to go fast and jump into change quickly, and those are the people that, that, that others want to follow, that's not necessarily the case. They want somebody that they can trust, and they want someone who has the, the tribe's best interest at heart. And that was, that was some of the stuff that I started to see in my own tribe with, with Ditch That Textbook. And then we ended up in the same tribe together. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, Matt and I started a podcast in January called the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast and uh, purposely naming it a tribe because of all of the things that we've been telling you today. But the, the other interesting part is how this story sort of came to be. And that had to do with the Google Teacher Academy. So this is our GTA and this is in Austin, December 2014. And let's see, do I have them in there? There we go. There's Matt. And there's me right there in the middle. 
So Matt and I had never met face-to-face. We had connected online. We had very similar goals and interests and things like that. And I think immediately we knew we wanted to collaborate. Yeah. I think yeah. that was that was very, very understood from the beginning. And we would have Google Hangouts, and we would talk about different projects and blog posts and different places that we were going. But it all started with the, the Google Teacher Academy, and that was a fabulous experience. But yeah. I think we both talk about the learning was great. Mm-hmm the people were better. Being able to connect with each other and with other like-minded individuals. So this in itself was a tribe. The Google Teacher Academy, and then of course the extended Google, what used to be called Google Certified Teachers, now Google Certified Innovators, have become a tribe. Now, um, I keep moving too far away from this. So (laughs) we have a couple of other, other pictures in here, but what what we took away from that was very powerful, and we really enjoyed being able to, to collaborate and talk about things. So we both had talked about podcasting yep. individually a yep. lot. We love to listen to podcasts, but the idea of adding one more thing to our plate on our own was sort of daunting. And so we thought, hey, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how the Google Teacher Tribe was born. In right. fact, even from GTA, we were connecting. We had to take a picture for... Right, for my technology director back at my school district because I told her I was going to this and that Casey was going to be there. And she's like, get out. <laughs> she's going to be there? I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll that to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, uh, the very first night I meet Casey, I'm like, will you oblige me with something? <laughs> And so we wrote her name down, and then we took this picture and sent it to her. And I, I thought I was going to get this amazing reaction out of her, and send it out. And I'm like, Rebecca, guess who I met at Google Teacher Academy? And she emails me back, and she's like, I don't know. Who is that? I'm like, what? Come on. Of course, they see your little yeah, Judy Jetson I was, picture. I was, I was not a person. I was just, just an avatar. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Anyway, but we, we came together, and I think this, this quote from Margaret Mead here is very powerful in terms of all of the different tribes that we've been talking about yeah. um, and the Google, the Google Teacher Tribe itself is far beyond the podcast. Yeah. And that was the point of it. And the fact that we get to connect with all of you in new ways and, mm-hmm. and giving sort of that, um, the love to the tribe. But never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And it only starts with one person, right? Mm -hmm. So as Seth Godin tells us, we need you to lead us. We need you to step up, to to lead the tribes, and to take us on this journey. And sometimes I think whenever we see a need like that, we don't necessarily step up and go into that leadership role, right? Because sometimes it's almost like we feel like someone has to ask us or invite us. But a lot of times, it's just like what Seth said and just what, what Casey said, that people are just begging to be led. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the leader of every tribe. Because if you think about it in those dynamics, there is a leader. And then there are, there are people who follow. So there has to be a bunch of people who will follow, too. And if you're part of a tribe and you're not the leader, that's okay. But if there's a void in leadership it will usually get filled. And so a lot of times people are just begging for a leader to step up. And like we said earlier, that, that leader very well may be you. And sometimes that's not the person you want that ends up getting that right. leadership Right, that's true. Position, that's right? a good point. Yeah. Um, you guys ever seen that before? Has that ever happened? 
right? You've gotten into a situation where the leader that stepped up was not the leader that you would have picked. Exactly. Right. And, and let's not forget about the tribes that we're leading in our classrooms, yeah. right? We still have the, our students committed to the same goals, yeah. that, that loyalty, the idea that we are better together. Going back to all of those essential questions, are, that's really crucial to everything that we do, right? That, I think, is the most important tribe of all. Yeah. is the tribe that we lead in our classrooms. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's why I do what I do, is, mm-hmm. is I want to make a difference in student learning. And that's really where we should be focusing our efforts. But the ability to use those tribes to make us better, yeah. like, like Matt, feeling like he was on an island. Right. And some of you may feel that way. And hopefully when you leave today, you're all going to connect with some new people and that you will take that one step further and help extend your own tribe, if yeah. not leading your own. Because guess what? If you can't find the tribe, maybe you need to be the one to create it. Right. Yes, absolutely. And this was one little fun thing that came out of our tribe. We found this. <laughs> on, this is just a, a fun little sidebar. But we found this on Twitter one day. We, we joked in one of our podcasts about how we would totally go to the Google headquarters in Mountain View, California, and we'd go camp out on their lawn. I can't even remember how it came up in conversation. I don't know, because we would do it. Right, okay. yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so then we thought, you know, the, the Googlers probably would not appreciate that very much. And so here comes Jeremy Badner, who was in that same big Google Teacher Academy group that you saw earlier. His face was in there, too. And he puts this little thing together and sticks it on Twitter. And so this, like, came up out of the tribe totally by surprise. To us, and so there we are camping on the Google lawn. Yeah, yeah. So, so our our, our tribe has taken things a step further. Sometimes they share yes. things uh, the, like the super excited alternatives that we shared right. earlier. That came from someone in the tribe just yeah. sharing. The as tribe well. has spoken. Sorry, so, I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tribe has spoken. Yeah. Uh, we we do want to talk about some other ideas and the power of connections and yeah. relationships. Yeah, and this is this is an example from a tribe that I might not have expected. Or that I didn't really think about. And that tri- this tribe happens to be a tribe of 8th graders and their parents who are getting ready to go on a trip to Washington, D.C., led by my wife, who is a junior high social studies teacher. How many of you are junior high teachers, uh, middle school teachers out here? Bless your hearts. I think there's a special place in heaven for you guys. <laughs> and that's my, my wife is right in there with you. And so... They're getting ready to do one of those typical 8th grade Washington, D.C. trips. But at the last second, they had three or four people drop out. And this was a small group. Like there was going to be two dozen people on this trip. And so the way that economics works on that is if people drop out, it makes it more expensive for everybody else. And all of a sudden, like a week before the trip, they had a budget shortfall of about $500. And this is for a little rural school district where they were happy to be able to scrape the money together to go, but they didn't have a bunch of extra money to shell out for this change. And so my wife and I start talking about this, and she's really freaking out. And we decided, you know what? There have been people that have gone on this trip before that really believe in the power of getting to go to the seat of our government and getting kids out there so they can see it. And the power of what that might mean for our leaders in the future. And so we thought, we didn't really put it in these words, but we realized that there was a tribe out there. And so what did we do? We threw it out to the tribe on Facebook. 
And so it says, we're taking a group of 25 7th and 8th graders and some parents to Washington, D.C. Several people decided not to go at the last minute. We need to come up with $500 in the next six days. And so we thought of an easy way to package that together. If you could give us $20, that's a sponsorship. We need 25 of them to make the trip happen. And so we put this out. And notice up at the top there, 9.23 a.m. And so what happens? Goes out on Facebook. We ask him to share 16 shares in a hurry. It's it's already, it, it takes off pretty quick. And so we're waiting. And of course, we're waiting for those notification sounds on my wife's computer. And here comes the first one. Actually, the first one will come after this. <laughs> this was something that, that, I made, that, that I really thought of while we were going through all of this. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, they call it an African proverb. I put a question mark after this because I read online that people get really mad if you call this an African proverb because they can't track the, I don't know. I didn't want to make any of you mad. So I thought I'd put some question marks on mad? that. Yeah, yeah. So if it's an African proverb, great. If it's not, somebody yeah, once know. said, if you want to go fast go alone. And if we want to go far, go together. I really love that. Because I've tried to go alone, and I could go pretty fast for a while, but I burned out. And so, and, and actually, before we get too far on this, we have a video that we want to show you that illustrates how if you go together, you will go farther. And there really isn't any sound other than the rushing water, right? right. This is Lila, who is a poor little baby elephant who's stuck, and she can't get out. <laughs> so Matt shared that proverb with me, and I saw the image for She's it. She's really close, though. And this is all I could think about was little Lila and how she needed some help here. Yeah. And here comes Mama to the rescue. Yeah. This is her aunt, actually. I think I saw this on the, on the video description. Well, I was yeah. making it up, Matt. You were just supposed to go Oh, I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Another elephant. <laughs> there, how's that? <laughs> but, but the point being, obviously, how much we rely on each other, whether right. it's the younger ones relying on the older ones or just educators in general relying on each other. Yeah. So here we go. The rescue is afoot. Lila is going to get out of that creek, and she's Yay. out. Yay. There you go. So stinking cute. I know. Isn't it adorable? All right. So, so anyway, we throw this out to the tribe with this D.C. trip. And so here we go. First one, remember what time this started? It was like 9.23 or something? 9.38 a.m. Kyle loved the trip. I hope that this will continue. I'm happy to give $20. Boom, there's our first one. Wow, pretty quick. And then all of a sudden, within an hour, we've got two sponsors. And it just starts rolling. And the tribe comes to the rescue. We're down to 440, down to 360, 300. We have one come through and say they'll sponsor five. That's $100. That was huge. And so then we're down to 200. We keep going. We keep going down to 90. And then somebody's like, I'm going to finish this out. I will write you a check for $90. Boom. We're done. And then check this out. When does that come in? Where it says, I'll donate $90. That was at 2.29 p.m. So from 9.23, you know, what was that? About five hours or so. That entire $500 need was met by the tribe. 
And they did it happily. They didn't feel like they were obligated to do it. So much so that you had some come in afterwards. Look at that top one. I wasn't fast enough. She wanted to give her money, but she didn't get in fast enough. So I think one of the big lessons here for this, for me, is that obviously a tribe is powerful. But sometimes if you've got to lean on your tribe, that's okay. Don't feel bad about it. You know, some people might not have done this, and they might have thought, you know, I'm not going to ask people for money. They, you know, that we, we, we'll figure out a way to take care of this ourselves. But if you do that, you're depriving the tribe of an opportunity to do something that they really want to do. Because if they believe, let's go back to that definition, if they're passionate and they believe in the same ideas, they want to do something to keep that tribe going. And my wife, who leads this trip, didn't realize it. This is another incidental tribe. She didn't realize that she was leading this tribe. But it's become a pretty, a pretty fierce one. And it's willing, to, it's willing to support itself to stay alive. So let's, let's move on to talk about some other ways that we can connect and lead. And by that, obviously we've been focusing a lot on the power to connect online and virtually and through social media and things like that. And we will elaborate more on that, but also the fact that we can connect analog, right? <laughs> we, we can what? meet. We can do that? We can what? meet in spaces. Anybody participate in a coffee EDU? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So sort of like an ed camp, but on a smaller scale at a coffee shop. Just educators getting together to share and connect face-to-face. And so there are a lot of powerful ways that we can connect both in real life, like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and virtually. Now, I, I am very much an advocate that I don't feel like that social media can be ignored. I feel like that maybe you haven't found your niche yet, but I think educators are very well represented on Twitter. In fact, I think we have one of the best mm-hmm. representations of any any job or organization mm-hmm. that you can find out there. Yeah. And that, for me, I have learned more on Twitter than any conference I have ever attended. And I go to a lot of conferences. <laughs> so I think that that is saying a lot. Now, we do have a quick video here. Before uh, we do that, can yes. we do a quick hands up? Just because I'm curious. Would you raise your hand if you at least have a Twitter account or think that you have one? Yay. Oh, look at that. That's great. Very good. Hands down. Now, let's see how many of you feel as strongly as me about it, where Twitter has either saved your profession or has changed what you do in the classroom. Lots of hands. I thought so. I thought so. How many so. of you have already sent at least one tweet since we started today? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. There we go. Very good. Very good. All right. So um, I think this is just a good way to frame the conversation when it comes to using social media, and the statistics are pretty astounding. So yeah. this is Social Nomics from Eric Qualman, who, by the way, is the author of uh, Social Nomics and what happens on YouTube, or what happens in Vegas stays on YouTube. <laughs> By the way, excellent read. He has a follow-up. What happens on campus stays on YouTube yeah. as well.
Yeah, so <laughs> the thing that, that totally stuck, tell me if you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but seriously, more people have a mobile device than a toothbrush? Did you see that one? Yeah, that blows me away. So, so yeah, this just to that that sort of shows I think the the power that we have with social media. And the nice thing is that there's already a tribe assembled there, ready to support you if you're ready to to jump in. And so, to kind of bring all of this into perspective here at the end, you know, tribes obviously do have power, right? And if we've harnessed that power, if we join a tribe or if we lead a tribe, either way, what good is that tribe if we don't use it to leverage some sort of change? So think about that. I feel like if I'm part of a powerful tribe and we don't do something with that power, we're wasting the gift. And it is a gift, isn't it, to be able to do that? So... I hope that we'll look back through all the different tribes that we may be a part of, whether it be in the classroom or in the school or professionally with others like this or online, any of that. And we'll look at those tribes and we'll think, okay, it's good that we've assembled this tribe, but what can we do with it? Yes, and, you know, I feel like a little bit like I'm at church right now, like I'm supposed to... Amen that, because I totally agree. Yes, high five to Matt. Um, We... We have learned so much through our own experiences and, you know, being able to connect this back again to everything that is going on in education, because guess what? Education needs to change, right? We, we need to leverage these, these tribes to change the things that are wrong in education. And I think uh, a lot of us will agree that just giving our students the ability to take a test is not necessarily a skill that we think should be focused on, right? How can we leverage our tribes to make a difference in education, to actually get people in power who know what it's like to be in a classroom, right? right? What, what can we do with our, our power as tribes, as followers, as leaders, to step up, to share our voice, to share our passions, right? So our challenge to you today is to not only think about the tribes that you already belong to, the ones that you're probably already leading, even if you don't even realize it, the incidental tribes, but also what tribes do you need to explore? What are the other places that you need to be connecting and talking and discussing so that we can leverage this power for change and for good and not evil in the world of education and in our classrooms and for the betterment of our students. Right. And I think if, I, if you're asking me and if we're trying to figure out what's going to make that big change in education, I'm not going to put that off on like the House Education Committee or Pearson or McGraw-Hill or something like that. I think if we want to make that lasting change, if we want it to happen in education, it comes right down to what we're doing in the classrooms and in the tribes that, we're, that we've assembled and the power that they have. And if I have to put my bet on anything that's going to change what happens here in education and around the world, I'm putting my bet on us. Thank you. This is Chris Nessie, producer of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. I hope you enjoyed the keynote speech. 
and I hope you're enjoying the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Matt and Casey wanted to be here at the end of the episode, but they just had a couple of things going on this week, and I'm here to step in because I support them in every way that they tell me to. But seriously, thank you for listening, as always, to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. As always, you can find more information at googleteachertribe.com slash 26. That's where we're going to have all the links to everything that they talked about. Of course, the Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more great podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.